This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 743, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, January the 8th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is episode 743, taking a look at some of the selected releases from the week of Wednesday, January the 8th. First, looking at some of the books that came out January the 8th that I have not yet had a chance to read. They include such books as The Amazing Mary Jane, Batman and the Outsiders, Black Cat, Catwoman, Conan, Serpent War, Deadpool, Fallen Angels, Ghost Rider, Ghost Spider, Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy, Hawkman, The Immortal Hulk, Magnificent Miss Marvel, Marvel's Avengers Thor, actually that's a reprint book, uh, Marvel's X um, by a friend of the show Jim Kruger, who's on a couple episodes ago talking about Marvel's X, amongst many other things, Miles Morales, The End, Morbius, I can't believe it's in the three issues in, I feel like I've, maybe I've read first issue, but like i just shocked that it's already at third issue. Uh, New Mutants number five, Ruins of Ravencroft, Carnage, Savage Avengers, Star, Star Wars, The Rise of Kylo Ren, Strike Force, Supergirl, Symbiote Spider-Man, Alien Reality, Venom, Yondu, and Young Justice number 12. So what am I talking about today? Well, I'm talking about four books in particular. First up is Amazing Spider-Man, and this is episode, sorry, issue, I should say, number seven, sorry, 37. Um, I'm really torn on how I feel about this book or just where it's been. I feel like for the last, I don't know, six months, I've been very uninterested. You had the whole 2099 story, which I didn't find that interesting. Uh, there was a storyline right before it that was kind of haphazard. I just haven't really been that invested in what Spencer's been putting on the page. Um, and I, like, I've liked a lot of the artwork that we've seen throughout you know the last uh, year, actually really since the launch. I mean, for the most part, they've had some great artists on Amazing Spider-Man. I just find I haven't been connecting as much with the source material. I don't know what it is or not. Anyways, this issue by Nick Spencer and Ryan Otley. So Ryan Otley comes and definitely brings a lot of energy to the visuals um, that I liked. And, you know, there's there's more development here with J. Jonah Jameson, with Nora Winters, which I enjoyed having them have an interaction with each other. Um, so that was definitely interesting and different. Uh, there was kind of a little bit more of a fast-paced loosey-goosey with Spider-Man just kind of, you know, doing you know, action and, and stopping people and being, doing big punches. And they weren't really spending too much time on kind of setting up all the result, all, all the why he was involved in those things. Just kind of understanding that Spider-Man's been busy and doing all these different things. I have, you have him working with the clairvoyant, um, and then just, you know, trying to use it to, you know, be the good guy, do the right thing. Um, he stopped by, stops by a convenience store and, uh, and take some stuff or sorry, buy some stuff for a, a big big date at night and it's him and MJ connecting over the over uh, you know watching something or streaming something together and that part I really liked and I was kind of like if the issue had ended there I think I would have been like that was a pretty decent issue it was, it was half it was fast paced you got you know a little bit of the supporting cast um, you got a sense of who Peter is as a person you got to see him being a hero but also having a good time and, and just try to do as, as well as he can uh, and being able to you know be there when the phone rings to to do something with Mary Jane, which I thought was a nice touch. It was really nice. And then we get, what, like, what was it, two or three pages of Kindred, I guess, bringing a version of the Sin Eater back. And I just found myself so bored. Um, every time Kindred is on the screen, I'm just not interested. I, I listen to the Amazing Spider Talk podcast by a friend of the show, Danga Bosden, and he's always talking about. You know, obviously they talk about every issue of Amazing Spider-Man and they go really in-depth and they've been talking about you know the the clues and who this is and the mystery I just find myself so bored by the entire concept of it because um, you have this character ex- existing on the periphery of Spider-Man's life but Spider-Man's never really engaged with him so I feel like as a mystery it's pretty terrible when 
the character doesn't even know the, that this character exists. Like, Spider-Man doesn't really know that much about Kindred at all. There's been no real interactions, and he's just kind of been on the periphery and kind of almost taunting the readers, but and as well as taunting Spider-Man. But again, the taunting of Spider-Man is just so, so weird because he's not even directly confronting Spider-Man. And even bringing the senior, I'm like, okay, like, let's see what that looks like. But I, I just found it boring. Um, so it's like, the issue was great, and then you got these last couple pages, which were, to be kind of just took me down or dragged me out of it like I was I was really invested and I liked what we were getting and then you throw in this villain that I don't care about and hasn't really been they haven't been doing a good job developing the character enough for me to feel like I should care just that this character exists and has some sort of connection with Peter or Pete as he calls him but we're not really getting anything more than that and there's I guess it's a bit of like a mystery being stoked but it just feels very uh, half-baked and just not and again I, I don't know why but it matters to me that you know when you, you read the old Green Goblin or Hobgoblin sagas and you have these characters that were mysteries the character you know Spider-Man fought those characters and then wondered who they were and how they were still out there and wishes he could do something to try and capture them or get them and they always kind of made it their way uh, and they always escaped and yet this character we've had no real connection at all and I just found that weird so I give it a seven and a half out of ten. Uh, next up is Batman. This is issue number issue number eighty five. Uh, this is the beginning of the new, entirely new run. Uh, this is by James Tenney the Fourth and Tony S. Daniel. This is their Dark Designs Part One. Inks by Danny Miki and colors by Tomu Mori, who I don't even know. Um, I really thought the, uh, the there's a the first kind of major splash page of Batman on I guess a rooftop or a girder or something and I just really like the colors there it was interesting I wasn't sure about like what where exactly the light sources are supposed to be coming from why it's red per se but I, I kind of dug it it was interesting um, as an issue it was, it was there was a lot a lot going on here to kind of just jump into the new status quo um, you have the idea that you know Batman doesn't have Alfred to call upon anymore he's still kind of dealing with that trauma um but you have Batman going up against all these higher guns who are in town. Um, I thought it was really interesting, and I definitely felt invested in this. And um, I'm excited to see where they go from this. The epilogue I found very, I don't know, just didn't really care for it. With Joker, it's written by James Tini and the Fourth, art by Guillaume March, and I think the, I think it's the art by Guillaume March. I just don't really like the art that we got here. I, I don't know if it was the art by March himself or the, or Maury's colors, which is so weird because. You know the color work was so on point in the in the main story. Yeah, in this backup, I just I found the colors to be a little bit more garish, and maybe that was the point. But again, I found the inks and pencils by March to be kind of lacking as well. Um, so I just wasn't really a fan of the epilogue um, that was given to us here. Um, but other, overall, I think this is a pretty solid start. Um, I was interested, and I like kind of seeing the teaming up of uh, having Lucius Fox kind of be in the new Alfred in terms of uh, really... It's interesting how the movies have really molded that character. Like, you go back in the day, and Lucius Fox was not this character. But because of the Morgan Freeman version of the character that is kind of in everyone's collective consciousness now, I feel like that's the version we end up getting in the Batman comics, where that was not who the character ever used to be. Um, But now that we don't have Alfred, it kind of works to have that character kind of subbing in um, emotionally and spiritually, you know, kind of taking over that role. It's interesting, because we used to have the Julia Pennyworth character way back during the Snyder run and I guess that character was just phased out and kind of forgotten which is kind of weird uh, and too bad really so I'm going to give that a 7.5 as well 
Next up is Excalibur number five. Now, before I read it, I was talking to my brother-in-law, and he was like, oh, man, Excalibur's such a mess. I don't really like it. And I kind of dig it. Like, I, I'm kind of enjoying it. It's by Teeny Howard uh, on uh, the script and uh, Marcus Till on the art with uh, Eric Arseniega on color art and Virtual Calligraphy's Corey Pettit on letters and Tom Muller on design. And I'm actually really enjoying how these characters are being written. Um, I really like the art here. I thought it was really expressive. I like what's going on with... Um, Gambit and uh, Apocalypse kind of being at odds with each other, uh, how Apocalypse kind of had a plan and it's kind of being ruined because of what uh, uh, Gambit did, um, and you got this changing to the gate to the date, and you got these, you know, the, the, the death of Apocalypse, per se, I'm not sure he'll be back soon. I like the kind of crazy redesign of Rogue kind of being influenced by... Um, Apocalypse, I'm, I'm digging this. I actually want to give it an 8 out of 10. I think it's a, a fun read. It's kind of wonky and weird, and I'm enjoying it. And then also wonky and weird, but for very different reasons. You have uh, X-Force number 5, which I really like this book. Um, it really plays with the kind of the, the new world fairly well as well. It's written by Pen- Benjamin Percy, artwork by Joshua Cassara. Dean White and Rochelle Rosenberg do the color art with virtual calligraphies Joe Caramagna on letters and Tom Muller on design. And I just, I, as I said before, Jerome Pena's artwork on Uncanny X-Force felt very similar to what we're getting here. I really like the art. Um, great pencils. I think the color is extremely on point. There's just something about it. It's a little bit muted and not, maybe not as uh, vibrant, but it really works. Um, this you have X-Force, or really in this issue, really it's Gateway being um, kind of brought into working with Forge and Domino. So they can go and rescue Wolverine and stop these people um, from you know trying to steal things, uh, Krakoan tech, etc. This is the action-packed issue, but it's really exciting. Well, I guess the, the one thing that kind of doesn't work is the uh, way in which Beast is being written feels a little bit more militant and hardcore than ever before. Like he's not that he's ever been a pacifist, but he was always a little bit more of a lighthearted character and a little bit more on the should we be doing violent things. And here he just feels a little bit more violent, although he does spend a lot of the issue trying to get Domino not to kill people. Um, I like the interactions with Wolverine here and how he, his body gets put together. It's so interesting that you have now that you have this resurrection path that all mutants can kind of go through it's interesting to see them kind of not using it too much per se but they are starting to really lean on it like you have uh, Kid Omega gets decapitated here and yet we know he'll be fine and it's interesting to kind of have it just be another form of serious injury and not death like death death it doesn't really exist anymore um, excited to kind of see where we go from here and uh, what anything ends up being in terms of where the marks are coming from. X-Force, uh, I guess its next issue, I believe, is until February. So it feels like a long wait, though, because um, I'm really enjoying that book and can't wait to see more of it. Uh, I'm actually going to give that an 8.5 out of 10. Um, looking forward to releases from the week of January the 15th, or the day I speak. I'm recording this on the day that the new books are coming out. Um, some of the highlights include uh, from Marvel Comics. Let me just see here. Marvel Comics this week... Uh, they have new issues of Avengers, Iron Man 2020, Jessica Jones Blind Spot, which is, is I believe, not a new book. Um, yeah, this is by Kelly Thompson. So this is, we'd already seen it in digital format, but now we're actually seeing it in, in individual comics, which is interesting kind of uh, life cycle of that particular type of product that she worked on. I got Marvel Tales Ravencroft number one, uh, which I believe is just um, a reprinting of, yeah, Spectacular Spider-Man 178, Spider-Man Unlimited number one, and Amazing Spider-Man 798. So kind of a weird grab bag in terms of what it's giving you. It's giving you part one of The Child Within, which is okay. That's a weird choice. Um, 
and then the the other one let's see after that you have um you know the first chapter of maximum carnage so both of them are like the start of multi-part storylines and then you have the beginning of the red goblin story so it just feels like a weird grab bag as i said it's just kind of designed to make you be like oh well what other books could i be reading and this is what i should read in order to understand that story um we have revenge of the ghost cosmic ghost rider ruins of ravencroft uh, Sabretooth, that's a weird choice. I'll be interested to maybe read that someday. Runaways, Valkyrie, Jane Foster, Venom, The End, and then over at DC, we have new issues of Aquaman, Flash Forward, Freedom Fighters, Legion of Superheroes, Nightwing, Superman's Pal, Jimmy Olsen, Teen Titans, The Batman's Grave, The Flash, and The Question, The Deaths of Vic Sage. Uh, you can email me at the Comic Shenanigans Podcast at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. You can rate the show on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. Um, an upcoming episode, either episode 744 or 746, will be um, another long-form discussion with Ron Friends, this time talking, hopefully, about uh, the A Next book that I have uh, always loved and that he has a, a real fondness for from the late late 90s. So hopefully that'll be an upcoming episode. As, as I speak, I don't know if it'll be episode 744 or 746, but it's definitely something on the docket. Um, upcoming soon, we will be having conversations with Judd Winnick. I'm hoping to have Andy Runton of Owly fame um, at some point, maybe in February or March. Um, I'm hoping at some point to have uh, Mark Ginocchio from the Amazing Spider Talk podcast joining me at some point. Uh, since we've already had Dan on so many times, I feel like it's time to bring on Mark. Um, so a lot of good stuff coming up in the future. So thanks for downloading this episode, and we will catch you next time. Bye-bye.